0: Wake up! It's time for episode 20 of The Mountain and the Word. of Washington State, you are listening to The Mountain and the Word, an audio podcast show from the Mount St. Helens Creation Center, featuring news, views, and information with a biblical and scientific perspective. The Mountain and the Word is produced and presented by Creation Speaker Paul Taylor, and is available for download from our website, mshcreationcenter.org. Decade, and uh, you're very welcome. My name is Paul Taylor. I'm the director of the Mount St. Helens Creation Center. This is our podcasted program, and as some of you are able to see at the moment, this is the third podcast that we've done in both audio and TV versions. Now, Uh, I'll just give my disclaimer again at the beginning. We are committed to producing an audio podcast. I'm not committed to producing a TV podcast. It will not necessarily be possible to do every podcast for uh, TV in video version. But this one is going to be video version. So you're very welcome. And what are we going to be looking at today? Well, we're going to be looking at um, things like the uh, recent film that was on at the movie theatres is Genesis History Um, a marvellous film I want to tell you a little bit about that and about our experience with it and uh, also uh, uh, I'd introduced last time the idea of a commentary on the book of Genesis and I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, uh, a course that we're going to be putting together for the Mountain Word Academy I'll try and give you a little bit of update on uh, the possibility of new premises for our ministry. And uh, back to the commentary issue again, we'll give you an overview, as I see it, of where we need to go with the commentary. I want to give you an overview of the book of Genesis. It'll be a sort of 10-minute overview, Uh, so a very, very rapid pace indeed. And that's the sort of thing that we need uh, to have in the back of our mind as a framework for how we proceed with things. Now, the documentary film Is Genesis History? was out in the movie theatres on February the 23rd, 2017. Uh, It was produced by filmmaker Del Tackett... And he went around the United States interviewing a number of scientists from different disciplines and scholars, uh, Hebrew scholars and so on, uh, to talk about the historicity of Genesis and to lay that down uh, as a firm foundation for understanding the book of Genesis. And uh, the film was extremely successful. It actually um, exceeded expectations, so much so that many movie theatres were full. Uh, The one that I went to in Kelso, Washington was full. So they are producing the film again on another two dates, and uh, we'll mention that uh, in just a moment. But before we do that, uh, before we discuss anything else to do with the movie, uh, let's see a short trailer for the movie. This is the publicly released trailer and we'll have a look at that, and then we'll talk about the movie.
1: There are many questions about the history of the Earth. What major events might have occurred to shape it? Was there a global flood, a big bang? How did the Earth become filled with so many amazing and diverse creatures? I'm Del Tackett, the creator of The Truth Project, and I've spent a year asking a wide variety of scientists to help me better understand the world we see around us. Well, it was a story that we all learned in grammar school. Colorado River, over tens of millions of years, cut the Grand Canyon. Most geologists have jettisoned that idea. You can't imagine a canyon enduring that long with erosion. Time is not a magic wand that solves all the geologic problems of the world. The past is the key to the present. You want to understand why the way the world is today, you've got to understand what happened in the past. You take the present processes and extend it into the past, not unreasonable, but there's evidence in the rocks themselves that you can't do that. If the fossils of dinosaurs have been dated incorrectly, then it's very likely the fossils of any organism have been dated incorrectly, and therefore then the geologic agents themselves are incorrect. I believe in change over time, but I'm not an evolutionist. The shark has the ability to change, to adapt, to respond dynamically to the environment. But there are still sharks. And when we look at the fossil record, there are still sharks. We've been told to look at a history of the Earth that is millions and billions of years old. Is there evidence that it could have been created in only a matter of days? You really need to begin by looking at the governing paradigm about the history of life and the history of the universe. We've got two possibilities, and all the natural history museums in the country all give you just one of those views. Is there a recorded history that shows us a different view. And when we look at the fossil record, we can see that complexity is all there from the beginning. And this, this begs the question of where did all this complexity come from? An ancient history recorded in the book of Genesis. You have this notion that there is providence that is then worked out across time in a linear, understandable, traceable fashion. We'll come face-to-face with an earth-shattering question. Is Genesis history?
0: Well, I have to say I was delighted with the movie. Um, It's a a very well-filmed documentary uh, film, and um obviously i was very pleased by the beginning of it because the first thing he showed was mount saint helens and he talked about the uh, uh, uh the way that the landscape uh, had been altered uh, catastrophically in just a very short space of time and uh, those are the sort of things that i talk about when i'm taking people on excursions um close to the volcano so i was absolutely delighted to see that at the beginning of the movie And then he got into uh, interviewing Steve Austin at the Grand Canyon. And um, Steve Austin was uh, showing how the Grand Canyon had to be formed uh, rapidly. Um, But he was also showing how many modern geologists believe that the Grand Canyon was formed rapidly too. And and the problems, therefore, that modern geologists have in interpreting um, events because their worldviews are being undercut. Now, this is what made the film special because I've seen many uh, movies that just throw a lot of evidence at the viewer and expect them, therefore, to um, use that to, as a sort of proof that the Bible is true. This movie did not do that. Now, there was plenty of evidence there on the screen for you to see, but that was not what was there to convince you. What the movie did, and this is so important and so biblical, was to emphasise the worldview issue and the importance of a starting point of saying Genesis is history. Therefore, this is what uh, the evidence actually says. Uh, just knock the microphone there. I hope that doesn't come out to too much noise in your ears as we as you uh, listen to it. But this is important. You, you know from what I've said before how committed I am to presuppositional apologetics believing it is the biblical way of explaining things and creationists have been so guilty in the past of not doing that and I wondered whether this was going to be yet another film that worked in that way quite the reverse this was a film that emphasized the issue of worldviews and how no evidence actually makes sense to anyone at all without its interpretation according to a person's worldview and with that in mind they hammered home the issue of a biblical worldview uh, to uh, show that this is the correct way uh, uh, and the logical way of examining the evidence now this was not a film about presuppositional apologetics you know if you want to find out more about the basis for that um uh, look at my friend site and kate 's film uh, how to answer the fool uh, tr- or have a look at uh, uh, the long the ten part course that we 've got on the Mountain word Academy on apologetics uh, but uh, that was given, and therefore this is an extremely good tool for um creationists to use who are wanting to do things from a biblical point of view now as i said the um the film showing was absolutely packed out in fact, when I first looked for tickets um I found that the nearest uh, movie theatre to where I lived was either Olympia or Portland, both of which are about an hour's drive away. But then within uh, uh, just a few days of the movie showing, just as I was thinking of getting tickets for it, I found that they were in fact showing it in Kelso, which is just uh, a 30 minutes uh, drive away from where I live. Uh, the nearest movie theater in fact to where I live so that's where uh, my wife and I went to uh, view the movie on Thursday February the 23rd but it was packed out there were some friends of mine tried to go along my recommendation uh, to go along and buy tickets at the movie theater but they could not they were sold out the movie theater was packed now this apparently uh this is a wonderful problem because this is a nationwide phenomenon that this movie has been was packed out for its event on uh, thursday february the 23rd so uh, in view of that they've made two extra showings um to accommodate people one of those will be thursday march the 2nd um thursday march the 2nd uh, 2017 hopefully this um Uh, podcast I'll be able to get it released before that date so that you'll have the news about that Um, and there's another showing as well on Tuesday March the 7th so it's not a Thursday Tuesday March the 7th so we've got Thursday March the 2nd and Tuesday March the 7th 2017 and it'll be being shown at the same movie theatres and I really do advise you know I'm, I'm just amazed that this film has had such a popular uh showing that there's been so many people gone to see it um i'm glad i'm pleasantly surprised uh, it's definitely a movie that people ought to go and see and particularly a movie that many christians ought to go and see and you know i'm going to try and get a, a review of the movie together for the website so that you'll be able to learn a bit more about it but uh, in the meantime, find out for yourself. I'm not going to get the review done before those two showings. So get your tickets and go along and see the movie on Thursday, March the 2nd, or Tuesday, March the 7th. Uh, you need to see it. Uh, there, there's so much in there, on um, uh, scientifically, theologically, uh, biblical scholars, scientific scholars, and so on. And at the end of the movie, in the event, there was a lovely discussion, an extremely good discussion, uh, where Dr. Del Tackett was talking with uh, three scientists, that is uh, Dr. Andrew Snelling and Dr. Uh, Danny Faulkner from Answers in Genesis and Dr. Rob Carter from uh, Creation Ministers International. And that was just so helpful as well so get to see those movies uh, uh uh it's it's well worth seeing and um if you're already committed to a presuppositional way of doing apologetics then you will be delighted to see that this movie in that light shows you how to use the evidence uh, within that context well next let's move to the issue of the genesis commentary Uh, There's very much, as I talked about last time, uh, a need for uh, a new easy-to-read commentary on Genesis. And by easy-to-read, I I literally mean that. Um, There's a lot of scope for experts to produce um, materials on Genesis, but I think we need something that's in layman's terms. Now, I had a go at this myself, of course, 12 years ago, no, 13 years ago, uh, when I I produced... um, a book called Just Six Days, and then some years later, that book was taken up by Master Books and the name was changed to The Six Days of Genesis. But I only covered the first. Uh, 11 chapters of Genesis now I want to do something that goes through the whole lot and I've debated a few times should I start a commentary from chapter 12 but I don't think so in fact I think I need to go back and there's some different things to say on the first 11 chapters as well obviously some things most things will remain the same but there's some new insights there as well and uh, I think we need something that just treats Genesis as a whole book and goes through it and produces it in a in a simple way and if simple is the key word then I'm your man really for the job um, my whole the whole point of what I try and do is to produce books that are written for adults but with a reading age of about 11 or 12 and that's what I'm hoping to achieve with this so uh, that's what I want to start on doing now I can see that being a very long job and I I, I want to try, I've, I've thought before about wanting to try and get at least one new book a year. Now last year, 2016, I was able to produce two major books. Well actually I guess Where Birds Eat Horses was really produced towards the end of 2015 but then uh, the book Only Believe was in 2016. Um, and then, of course, there are a couple of small books as well um, to do with the ministry. And I think that's probably the sort of model I'm going to need to do because there are other things that need producing as well. So um, it's going to take, I'm going to guess it's going to take, um, well, a long time. Uh, I can envisage it being a couple of years to get a, a commentary on Genesis together. So I'd value your prayers and your uh, input on that. Uh, But I think I'd like to get something produced along the way. So my thought is that uh, when I've produced a large enough section, I'll release it temporarily, that section, as an e-book, just an e-book only, and uh, do that in sections until I've got the whole of Genesis covered, when I'll get a, a book together with the whole lot. But in the process of doing that as well, I want it to the the ideas and the thoughts to be available generally. And so it makes sense. I think a lot of people need um, are wanting uh, courses produced, uh, online courses produced. And I did produce uh, my first online course um, on apologetics through our new website, the Mountain Word Academy. Well, I want to do the same thing with this. Now, you don't have to wait for the entire book to be written by me. I'm going to do sections again. As I produce a section, I'm going to get um, a course up on the Mountain Word Academy website. So that's my thinking. That's how the process that I want to go through to, to get that done. Now, it takes effort to get books done. I've got a lot of other things to do too. I've got a ministry here to run, which is very much like a tourist information centre during the... Um, the summer months so um, i I would just uh, ask you really to consider that um, if you're able to um, give things to the ministry to be able so that we can afford to cover things while i 'm concentrating on that that would be great now if that's not the way that your prayer before God um, suggests uh, then it could be that that means that I'm not the right person to do this book and maybe somebody else should do it. Uh, so I'm not trying to twist anyone's arm on this or anything. But, you know, if you if you think about that, I don't want money directly, but money that goes to the ministry would indirectly help this cause for this book because it might mean that um, on days that I wouldn't want to set aside to write stuff, I'm able to um, get somebody in to cover the other things that I'm doing uh, to enable things just to continue Um Uh, as I try and get the book done it's expensive in terms of time to get a book done and in many ways if I'm sat here writing uh, at my computer there are other things not getting done sometimes therefore it might be necessary for somebody else to be paid to do those and as I said if you prayerfully think that's not something that you can do and a large number of you do that then again that probably means that uh, you know uh it means that there maybe that the book shouldn't be written i just feel in my heart that i'd like to get the book written i think it's right to do so personally and uh well you know you, you make your decisions prayerfully as as uh, as you feel led before the lord now i hope you'll understand that one of the things that matters to us very much as a ministry is the thought about uh getting permanent new premises and uh clearly we can operate this ministry without premises after all in many ways our uh, what people come to see is the actual environment you know I I can take people uh, to see the volcano and to see the sites near the volcano such as Coldwater Lake and we can uh, take people to see things that have been affected by the volcano like the area at what's known as Harry Gardner Park uh, the confluence of the South Fork Toodle River and the North Fork Toodle River where you can see the uh, difference in waters uh, as they mingle Uh, together uh, with the the water from the South Fork um, River, mostly coming from glaciers on the west of the mountain, so not very much sediment. Uh, The North Fork River bringing quite a bit of sediment from the crater of the volcano, and you can see how they mix together. So we can operate the ministry, we can uh, do the things that we need to do, but I think that people like to have a base so they can come in, they can see the exhibitions that we have, And throughout 2016, we operated a temporary centre at um, uh, the Silver Lake Grange. Well, we're trying to find somewhere more permanent. Now, uh, I've always hesitated because we've we've looked at a number of different uh, venues and I've hesitated to share where those venues are because uh, in case they... Uh, caused difficulties with the negotiations. However, the current building that we're negotiating on, which is not definite by any means, but the negotiations are public because we're negotiating with uh, a city council. And there is this building uh, in uh, one of the local towns uh, which is for sale, that the City Council are trying to sell. And we would love to be able to get hold of this. So we would value your prayers, because this would be a lovely centre. And you can't tell really from the photo that I've shown you, but uh, the rest of the downtown area of this town has been um, really made to look very attractive Um it's a historic little town it's a very small town but it's got good communications because it's right on the interstate very very easy to get at and uh it would be lovely if we could get this building we've prayed over the building we've uh, um we've asked advice and uh but of course it's down to uh the the folks of the city council and they have a, a perfectly honorable decision to make because they must not um uh, do things that are not in the interest of the citizens and the people who are voting for them for the on the city council uh, so they've got their priorities we've got our priorities but uh, god willing hopefully this might be something that we can look at but one way or the other even if we don't get that building we would really like if at all possible to find some permanent premises that we can operate our ministry from so that people can come to us and can uh, uh, hang out and uh, Uh, and and look at what we do you know i i I want to have a a permanent home for our bookstore Uh, we've got our books on the web and i like to take our books around when i'm doing uh, talks Um, but there's a number of books that i'd like to be able to to help people get and actually in this part of the world there's not very much in the way of christian bookshops um as hopefully if someone's watching this and they know different they will correct me if i'm wrong but as far as i know if i go northwards up into state five there is a christian bookshop in olympia there used to be one in Centralia, but it's closed down olympia is an hour's drive from here if you go southwards there are a couple of christian bookshops in vancouver washington Uh, again if there are any others please forgive me if i've missed you out but as far as i'm aware there are no others that's just short of an hour's drive south so there's two hours on i5 where there are no christian bookshops so despite being a, a, quite a rural area there's quite a large catchment of people who could get to the area easily along the interstate and we'd like to be able to provide them with good quality uh, sound um, biblically based books and for that matter to be able to get Bibles themselves because there isn't really anywhere else for people to, to look at the, the various Bibles on offer and uh, um, to be able to get them so please pray about our possibility of getting new premises and on this podcast I'll keep you up to date as to what's happening Uh, this is a possible building it's not the only possible building there are other places please pray for us that the right decisions will be made now finally in this episode it's time to plug a book and you're used to me plugging my books and maybe you know that irritates you on occasions well you know I, it's my podcast and i have the opportunity sometimes to mention some, some of the books that i've written however you'll be pleased to know i'm not plugging one of my books i want to mention to you another book by somebody else um my good friend uh, pastor david martin is the pastor of the Heritage Bible Church of Puget Island, uh, which is close to uh, Catlamat in Washington. Puget Island's a little island in the Columbia River, part of the town of uh, Catlamat, Washington. And um, he's also a member of the board of the Mount St. Helens Creation Center. And um, he, he used to be a youth pastor. Now, when I say he used to be a youth pastor, many people uh, sort of have this view of being a youth pastor, that that's sort of the first job you get when you're out of Bible college. That's your sort of career path in evangelical churches. And eventually, um, once you're graduated from teaching the youth, who after all only need a sort of second class pastor, then you can graduate and become a, a big adult pastor with your own church. David does not take that view he's committed to speaking to the youth he still in many ways uh, uh, this thinks of himself as a youth pastor he is thoroughly involved in youth ministry with the youth in the church uh, he, he leads that up and um, he's given a lot of thought to how youth should be brought up now in many churches youth ministry means um, I, I, I'm going to be overgeneralizing here, obviously. You know, and please forgive me if you're a youth minister and you object to what I'm saying. Please understand, I'm presenting a caricature. And uh, I trust that many of the people who might be watching this have thought this issue through and are not uh, taking this sort of general uh, stereotype that I'm going to present. But it often seems to me that in some places youth ministry means let's keep the youth entertained so that we can keep them in church. We don't need to do anything too heavy about the bible we just want to keep things lightweight we basically want to keep them within the walls stop them going off uh, uh, causing trouble kicking old ladies sticks from under them that sort of thing Um, that is not uh, David's view at all he sees youth ministry as the whole um, privilege of a church of bringing the youth and turning them into adults he wants the youth to become mature adult members of the church that is his role Uh, that's how he sees youth ministry and I think that's uh, that's a wonderful way of seeing it as such that becomes a a fully supportive way of of supporting uh, Christian families rather than sort of uh, taking over the role of Christian parents it becomes part of being in the church your children are being um, brought up uh, and shown how to grow up Uh, that's the uh, the whole essence of uh, of his ministry and he's thought these things through in great detail on that but his whole business is that boys will become men girls will become women too often it seems to me again here's my generalizations coming out that many churches want to keep the youth as children and so quite often even once they've got to some sort of magic age like 18 or something they don't graduate into the church instead we get a young adults group maybe going off until their 30s and you've got young married couples in there they're all being treated as children being treated with kid gloves they can't become part of the big church if you like and so many of them are dropping out again that is not david's uh, wish and that is not the way he he ministers he's wanting to for for boys to become men girls to become women and uh therefore one day i challenged him i said we need some of these things down on paper and um he went away and he did just that and this marvelous new book has come out then uh which is called uh what i've learned in 25 years of youth ministry uh it's it's a, a lovely little book it's full of practical information you know i almost hesitate to pick one thing out of the book because you need the whole lot it is full of wonderful stuff he talks about uh, youth uh, being turned into fully functional christian adults he talks about the teaching ministry um of uh, the youth he talks about uh, young people being intentional in what they do and the ministry being intentional um he talks about their the the music they have their 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 dating um dilemmas um all, all sorts of things the various uh, the away days that he will have with them if i dare pick one thing and please understand if somebody else reads this book, they might pick something else but i i just love his idea of a baptist bar mitzvah because he's so keen on bringing um children into adulthood uh that he thinks it would be helpful for there to be a rite of passage and of course in the uh, in the jewish world there was always this rite of passage the bar mitzvah when a boy became a, a man and he sees us for his young people for the youth to become adults and for that to be signaled in a moment that is celebrated by the church that they're prepared for that things are taken very seriously Now, don't misunderstand this. This is not something to be added on to what the Bible says. This is not baptism. This is not something else. But it's just recognising that these children are growing up and that they are committing themselves to becoming adults. They're not expected to be fully mature at that age, but they're expected to be announcing seriously that they are on that road to maturity and determined to fulfil that road to maturity and to see it through. This is not something that is merely theoretical. It's practical. Uh, David and his wife Teresa brought up four children, three sons and one daughter, uh, through this system. And I, I, I I can testify to what a good job that they have done in that task, which we all know is a very difficult task. So they've seen it from the side of parents as well as from the side of youth ministry. Well, there's far more than just that. You need to read this book so we have this for sale in our ministry you can find it on our website remember our website is mshcreationcenter.org click on the store link uh, and uh, uh, have a look for this book and uh, and purchase that Uh, if you use the search engine on the site and uh And and put the information in, you'll be able to find it. You can, of course, buy the book from uh, David's Church, uh, Heritage Bible Church of uh, Puget Island. It's a conservative Baptist church, it's part of the conservative Baptist denomination. So you can find that church, uh, their website, their details, or you can buy the book on Amazon or any place where good books are sold. So, um, very important what I've learned in 25 years of youth ministry by Pastor David Martin. Well that's all folks that wraps it up for episode 20 of the mountain and the word thanks for being with us I hope you found it useful today and that you find these podcasts useful if we're not addressing the issues that you want addressing why not drop us a line send us an email Um, the special email address for this program is podcast at mshcreationcenter.org that's podcast at mshcreationcenter.org it's possible it's in an earlier program I may have said it was radio at mshcreationcenter.org doesn't matter either will work but I'm suggesting you use podcast at mshcreationcenter.org then you can get the information to us and uh, we'll try and answer the questions that you have during this program in the meantime as always please keep your podcasting software up to date then you won't miss a single episode of The Mountain and the Word. Thank you very much for watching and for listening. Goodbye and God bless. With the Mountain and the Word, an audio podcast show from the Mount St. Hans Creation Centre. For more information, visit our website, mshcreationcentre.org.